Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, my talkers, we made it to Friday, and Lori and Julie are here with one of the best shows we are going to hear. I guarantee it. I promise you that. It's going to be a good one because it's Friday. No matter what happens, it's going to be a fun one. So sit back and enjoy the show with Lori and Julia. Thank you so much. Julia, I have to share something with you that I learned today. Okay. Learned it from Steve, as a matter of fact. So for whatever reason, the last two days, I have been in the car driving to Hopkins in the morning, like mid-morning. Today I was over at Edina, so I have a lot of, you know, talk show time to listen to my talk. So I heard Steve talking about, because they were talking about, everyone is so excited about I Want to Dance with Somebody, the Whitney Houston trailer that was released yesterday, her her biopic. But Steve, you know, Donnie and I gave you grief for years because you would say biopic. Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of biopic. Yes, yes, you did. Forever. Forever. Well, biopic is how the Brits say oh, biopic. Oh, I knew it. It's yes. from my Scottish a- ancestors. Both are acceptable ways to say by bi- Americans say biopic. Right. Brits say biopic. I I love a biopic. Yeah. So it's better than an... Yeah, yeah. Biopsy. Yeah, biopsy for sure. <laughs> and it's better than uh, unwanted D-pick. Right? Yeah. I don't believe... Okay, so he said that. Yeah, he looked it up because kind of when you do look at that word, if some people spell it B-I-O-P-I-C. Right. Other, other times it's spelled B-I-O-P-I-C. Right. And that's maybe when you say biopic. And biopic, but anyway, um, both are acceptable. There you go. But you pronounce it in the very, very British way. So just Thank want you. to know, kind of like, to let you know you've been accidentally fancy all these years. I knew it, like the avalanche. Like the avalanche. It's been a while to playing the avalanche. That's We're giving right. away tickets later in our show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, some of the, and, and so over time, because you had a good word yesterday, the combining of the words. Yeah. Um, what was the good one you had yesterday? I don't know. You wrote it down in, in one it's of in your my, many it's, notebooks. It's in one of my many, many pieces of paper here, right. but it was a good one. So bio, biopic. I I saw so that. You I, don't have to hesitate anymore thank if you. your natural inclination has always been to say biopic. And Donnie and I would just give you so much crap about always. it. And here his mom was British, but he did not know that. And didn't Steve's Google mom's it. Steve's British? No, Donnie's mom. Oh, Donnie's mom. mom. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's right. He didn't know it. He gave you as much grief as I did. He <laughs> always gently correct you, Julia. It's biopic. 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 And you go, biopic. It looks like biopic. It well, does. that is how the bloody British say it. <laughs> so I just wanted to let Thank you know you. you were vindicated via Steve. Thank you. Today. Accidentally fancy. And I would like to give you the update from Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. My mother, you know, because they said if these football games and stuff is on streaming services, people won't watch it. Mm-hmm. Mom loved the game on Prime. Yeah. Did you watch it? Oh, I loved it. Great. Yeah, it was nice to have Al Michaels there. It gave Thursday night some real, like, legitimate yes. feel with Al Michaels behind the mic. Have we not had 
Thursday night football. How many? We've always had it, but it's only on a streamer now. Okay, that seems bad. I don't like. Yeah, but Amazon put a lot of money into it. They put a lot of. it's it's easier to it's really easy as soon as you open up Amazon it was the first well, thing no, right there. I'm not saying it's not but, easy, but I'm just like uh, there's a lot of people who don't have Amazon. But see, it was previously on NFL Network, which a oh, lot of people don't have anyways. So now they it made no difference. It made so no difference. They don't care about Thursday night football. That's why they've shuffled yeah. no. Al off over there. No, no, no. no they, they got t- paid a gazillion dollars. Exactly. Football is the number one watched thing on yep. TV live. Yeah. They they bid hands this thing down. Out. Yeah. So they just paid the I most. guess I don't consider streaming live. Well, that's what they're trying to tell us now. It's yeah, live. It is. All yeah. right. I'm so confused. I know. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. I wouldn't watch it anyway. Casey and I ended up getting sucked into Hulu's The Patient with Steve Carell. Did you like it? Oh. Tell me Tell me what is, what is the concept. The concept is uh, Steve Carell is a therapist, very good therapist. He's written a book. You can tell right away from the beginning that there's a loss and a sadness in his life. But we see him sitting like, you know, you picture a therapist with a cardigan sweater. Sitting in a a chair chair with a lamp. With a lamp. And the person's on the couch. And the couch is next to you. Yes, yes. And based uh, on experience, I can say. Right. Same. Same. And uh, anyway, right away. These are 10, 22 minute episodes. Oh, and there's okay. only been five that have dropped. It's just going to be a one and done thing. It's created by the two guys who gave us the American. Oh, Joel, whatever. Uh, yeah. And the brother and the, the, his friend. Yep. But that was such a great show. But Steve Carell is kidnapped by Dominic Gleason, whose dad is Brendan Gleason, the actor who's like in Bruges with Colin Farrell. You've seen him in things. British. I feel like he was in Star Wars. He was one of the guys on the the deck, um, like a bad guy, this Dominic. He's a serial killer, and he wants... It, Steve Carell wakes up to find himself chained to a bed, a la Kathy Bates and James Conn in Misery. Oh, that's why Neil Justin said, if you like Misery, yes. this is kind of that. And the serial killer says, you have to stop me from killing people because I think about it all the time. And that's the premise oh, of the show. Interesting. Wow. So, but you liked it. How many did you watch? Well, there were only there were five, and they were each twenty two so minutes. It, yeah, it's there's. It seems like it should be an hour long show. And Casey was kind of grumbling. You know, why didn't they just make it be? And I said, Well, what do you, what do you you know why why what are you why are you putting on your producing hat right now? Did you enjoy <laughs> the show? And Steve Carell, you know, he, he really has turned into a good dramatic actor for. Quite a while. So good. Not a nice guy on the red carpet. No. But, um, very nice acting work. I think, well, you know, because we're going to be on the red carpet for Project Down and Dirty mm-hmm. two weeks from today. Mm-hmm. Oh, my I know. Gosh. I'm just looking Let at, the skin regime start. I'm just looking at the dress I'm going to wear. Lori's got, you've already picked yours out. Have, what does it look like? It's a plunge neck gown in cherry red, Julia. Fantastic. I won't have to wear a bra and I'll only have to wear Spanx underneath. Lovely. So, pretty excited. Lovely. And, you know, it's like my silhouette. It's total. yes. Yeah. Okay. I had to show it to Holly so she wouldn't order it. Because you guys kind other... of have the same silhouette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got the, what do you call it? The clavicle cleavage. Yes. It's yes. called clavicle cleavage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never heard that before, but I'm going to keep that one in the store. It in the totally brain. is clavicle cleavage. I love it. All right, listen. CC. CC. Listen, we come back. It's our story. We can't get enough. Of. All right, everybody. We're ready, Lizzo. We're ready for you. You're coming to town October 11th. No, no. Lizzo is oh, coming is to town October 11th, oh, Tuesday I... night at the Excel. Lotto is opening. 
the Killers are this Tuesday night. I think mm-hmm. so. So many concerts. So I much. Know. My Chemical Doobie. Romance was in town last night. Just whoa. Doobie Brothers is tonight at Treasure Island. Yes. yes. Uh, Michael really, McDonald. I want to go to that one. <clears throat> is Michael back with them? Yes. 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 He had COVID when they canceled last time. Yep. Mm-hmm. At the fair. Uh, was that the fair? Day of. Day yes. of, right? Two years ago? Yeah. Oh, man. No, it was just last year. Yeah, well, yeah, which... Yeah, Not last year, year yeah. Yeah, last summer. Last um, summer, yeah. Okay, so uh, Rosie O'Donnell was in Andy Cohen's clubhouse last night on Watch What Happens Live, and she was with uh, Brian Baumgarten, Garten from, uh, Baumgartner, excuse me, from The Office. Who did he play on The Office? One of the... He, he was, was the, the big, big schlubby guy. Yeah, the guy that spilled the chili, oh, yeah. shock like dish, and yeah. oh, I can't remember his we name. We avoided... We ducked from him on the red carpet. Now I feel bad because he was very funny in the clubhouse, but we got very sick of seeing The Office. I think they were nominated, like, every year they were on. They really yeah. Were. yeah. And they were kind of a big cast. And Angela Kinsey was nice to us, and um, the redheaded lady. Oh, uh, yeah. I forget what her name is. Oh, the red. That was, you mean the younger one or the older older one? one. The older one is. I can't remember her name, but anyway. Kate Flannery. Kate Flannery. Meredith was her name. And Kevin was the bald-headed guy. That that is what we're talking about, And he was super nice. And he always made it. But we were like, we didn't really watch that show. And we didn't know what to ask him. But he was delightful. I watched the office all the time. But again, we didn't care because we were looking for John Hamm. Yes. Or whoever. (laughs) Or Brad Pitt. Yeah, anybody. Anybody. Um, so Rosie, you know, she's out there lightly promoting her, um, uh, role as a detective in American Gigolo as, um, airing on Showtime, just one episode has dropped. And, uh, so she was in the clubhouse and I think she's been giving us amazing couch, um, this last week on the talk shows that she's been on. She just seems in a happy place, in a good acting place, you know, and she doesn't, uh, she doesn't hold back, but she's not snarky about anything. No. She just seems happy. So she here, does. here's Andy. Of course, he's going to ask her because Rosie, if you ever watched her show or watched her on The View, she is a huge Broadway fan. Huge. Goes to every huge. show. So he asked her about Liam Michelle taking over as Fanny Bryce in Funny Girl. Rosie Benjamin M. wants to know your thoughts on the Funny Girl drama. I'm just so happy that Leah Michelle is in it. This yeah. is like the resurgence that she needed and that her talents really made her worthy of. And I was supposed to go tomorrow, but she has COVID. Right. So I turned him in. I'm going to get him because I really want to see her. Yeah, in of it. course. I really do. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. Yeah. I was leaving. Um, she was leaving Fiddler as I was going in. So we got to have a couple oh, days together on that. Okay. The fiddler on the roof. roof. So there no, you go. I, but I wonder how many other people turned in their tickets because oh, she's not coming. Kendall, who works with Jason, was supposed to go this past this weekend. Yeah, and the, she turned in hers. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want to go see it without her. Well, and the understudy with, has been in it. Right. And she's really good, but she's been doing it, you know, for a while. And people probably specifically ones. One hundred percent. Okay. So and then here's Rosie. Uh, opening up, or I think she's asked first by Andy or somebody about uh, about Ellen DeGeneres' show and being on her show. Kind of like, you were never on Ellen's show, why? That's kind of what he said. Yeah, okay. Rosie, I mean, we got a question that I was interested in. Uh, Ryan B. said, I loved your iconic Lebanese moment with Ellen DeGeneres on the Rosie O'Donnell show, but why were you never a guest on Ellen's show during its 20-year run? Were you really never? Did they not ask? No. 
Really? No, like we had a little bit of a weird thing. And after my show went off the air and hers was coming on the air, um, Larry King was on with, with Ellen and he said, whatever happened to Rosie O'Donnell, her show went down the tubes. She came out as a lesbian and disappeared. And Ellen said, and I'm quoting, I don't know, Rosie, we're not friends. Mm. And I was in bed with Kelly and I went, did I just hear that? Or was that like a hallucination auditory voice in my, no, and that's what happened. And it hurt my feelings like a baby and I never really got over it. And so, uh, but they also never asked you to come on. Well, no, they asked me once at the end, towards the end, uh, I, I was going to go on for Smilf, right. but I wanted to bring someone with me because I thought it might be a little less awkward. Right. And they didn't want to do that. And so we we just, you know, I wish her all good things yes. in her life and that she should be well. So there you, there you go. But I never did it. I never did it. I thought that was an interesting fact. Wow. I wish her all good things in her life. life. <laughs> Ellen is so mean. I mean, I, I, she was on Rosie's show. Yeah. Yeah. Promoting, I yep. think, Mr. Wrong or a movie she was doing and joke, joked about, oh, I've, I'm come, I've come out, I'm Lebanese and stuff. And yeah. So they had this whole right. thing about it. And Great so that is so weird that she would respond that way to Larry King and say, I don't know, Rosie. We're not friends. That's a very specific answer. It's pretty close to Mariah Carey about J-Lo. I don't know her. I know 100%. Lori, mm-hmm. I thought of that when I was watching it last night. We're they, not friends. Uh-huh. I mean, she could have just said, I don't really know Rosie that well. or you know. But this is Ellen. She's a... She's, she's a potster. Yeah, she's... Pretty, yeah, yeah, and just not... not I, Not kind. I um, So she was on... So Rosie O'Donnell was on from 1996... To, she had six seasons to 2002, mm-hmm. so she stopped, and Ellen started, like, in 2003, yes. right when we started. Right. And um, because she was asking also, Rosie O'Donnell, who were some of your favorites? And I'll never forget how crazy she was for Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, yeah, crazy. I mean... Hey, Tom Cruise and Barbara Streisand. Yep. Those were her two... Unbelievable. She's My Tommy. Yeah. Before it all went to hell in a handbag. Yes, yes. I don't know what year... Before the Oprah he jumped interview. on Oprah's couch. Right, I don't know what year that was, but um, it's just kind of fun mm-hmm. pop culture history. That, I mean, she never invited her. Yeah, Ellen. I know. So that was good. That was good scoopage. And then um, there, this is just a funny uh, audio clip of uh, Brian Baumgartner from The Office. And Andy was delighted because he's... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounters counter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it is that i bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe download and subscribe to uap on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. It's the voice in one of these truck or cartoon car shows. That his little like. kids, his little kids watch. Yeah, that. so he was kind of excited. But uh, this is uh, Brian talking about maybe his love life. Brian, Rachel D. wants to know the wildest request you've received on Cameo. Oh. Uh, to propose for someone. 
And you which wow. has happened hundreds of times. Really? Wow. I think that I'm the person who has successfully proposed to more people in the entire world. Yes. Wow. I have asked and they have said yes. Not to me, but they have said okay. yes. Now, why do you think he's, why are you, the, do you think you're the number one person on there? Um, I don't know. You don't know? You I don't mean, know. The Office is a huge, is yeah, the number one show around right. the world. Yes. Yeah. So, I think are there, there a lot of Office people on Cameo? There are. I think, honestly, I think it's the character transcends age, sex, um, you know, sex. from eight years old to 80 years old. Right. And, um, you know, I can be given to anyone. Okay. And that's because he's a fan face, but I also think Cameo skews more male because since it's been out there, I've known two people who have given Cameo as kind of a gift, uh -huh. and they've both been guys in their yeah. 30s. Yeah. So, you know. I was shocked that he's same. the king of Cameo. He yeah. is. I but really I mean, was. those office people, like he said, they yeah. are. Yeah. And then they did a cam Cameo contest, who makes more, and he you put up a picture, Diane, Dionne Warwick, or Shaka Khan. Oh, really? Shaka Khan, 800. Mm -hmm. 800,000? No, 800 dollars. A per cameo? Yes. Oh, well, yeah, the prices are fans. all over the they place. They really are. Yeah. And Caitlyn Jenner. 2,500. Yeah. Oh, to say, how you doing? How yeah, you doing? I wouldn't pay her $2. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, I know. All right, Graham. Listen, we're selling Project Down and Dirty. It's two weeks from tonight. There's three different screenings of our short movies, seven, what, 7.30, 8, and 8.30 at Showplace okay. Icon. We've got some VIP packages. We've got some regular packages. We'd love to see you. I saw Liz at Ever Eve today, and she said, I'm going. I got VIP. Oh, fine. I'm like, why are you whispering? I know. Why? I'm like, why are you whispering? Yeah, and she just said, I don't know. I'm just like kind of excited about it. And I said, we're excited and nervous. Oh, we're both equal parts both. Yeah. Yesterday I was more confident. Today, of course, I've shattered into a million pieces. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I kind of. It was only because somebody, David, sent us a really great plot line story. Such thing. a great so story for us. Great. I want to change our story. Oh, right, so we got a curveball pop. We don't know. Curveball, thanks to a creative person who listens to us. Love we it. us better than we know ourselves. Well, cool. I like it. I okay, know. so before Anne Heche yes. died, um, she was ready to do a second part to her memoir because just to remind you, after she died, people started remembering that her book, Call Me Crazy, came out September 9th, 2001. 2001. And mm -hmm. so uh, it's now a collectible on Amazon getting like $750. Wow. But she had worked before she died. She had, uh, on this podcast that she was a regular guest on, yep. she said... That she was dishing up a lot of additional truths about her relationships, yeah. including with Alan. So there is a book now ca called Call Me Anne that was basically done when she died that will be released in January. Right. So right. that's just a FYI. But right. she was ready to. T she basically said she was fired from a gazillion jobs and blacklisted when she fell in love with Ellen. 100%. Yeah. And she. Here's what she said. She said. Um. That basically, 
Where, where did they meet, Lori? Do you, I feel like they friends like introduced them or something? Yep, in the late nineties. And, and she'd never dated a woman no. before, and she just said people. I was labeled outrageous. Yes, and I was basically blacklisted. But she, in this book, call me Anne. Mm-hmm. She is going to go into details yes. about the actual relationship. Right. She said she didn't. I personally identify as a lesbian. I simply fell in love. Yeah. Well, that's how a lot um, of people. She didn't know how to label her sexuality. Time didn't know if it was fair for the world to do it either. She said gay didn't feel right, neither did straight. And, um, but she did, like you said, offer up hints that she was going to be, you know, finishing this other, the she had finished her it. book. She had finished it. But she, here's one of the things that comes out of it. So she, we're going to learn about her experiences with having Harrison Ford as a mentor. Hear stories about Alec Baldwin, Oliver Stone. We're getting more Hollywood stuff. Yes. Whereas in Call Me Crazy was really a lot about her family. Her upbringing. Her upbringing she was molested by her father. She was raised she in a get, very poor family. She didn't get too yeah. much into some of the uh, really good stories that she has. So um, I'm glad for her boys. Well, let me tell sake you. that uh, there's going to be a book out because I think there's trouble. I, did she die well, trouble? Will? She did. But let me just oh, go dear. back to this. Here's one thing. That she says out loud, I did warn Portia de Rossi about Ellen DeGeneres. Mm-hmm. And I said, red flag. Yeah. So I thought I that was kind that. of interesting. So here's what's going on. So Anne Hayes has two sons with two different fathers. Coley Lafoon was um, a man that she had married back in 2002. I think they met in Canada. He was the cameraman on a Lifetime movie or something mm-hmm. she was doing. And they had a son, mm-hmm. and his name is, I think it's Hudson or something. Homer. Homer. And then she met um, the gentleman Topper, James Topper, who people would recognize him. Was, yeah, they were a beautiful couple. Yeah, and they had a son in 2009. And so. Oh, so she's got a, a younger kid. She does. He's Atlas, is his name. He's only 13 years old. Yeah, oh boy. So she left behind the two sons. So the a 20 and a 13 year old. Yep. All right. And she had a horrible divorce from the um, cameraman, LaFoon. And he said she was an unfit mother, blah, 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 blah. And so when Anne died, she was no longer talking to her eldest son. He had dropped out of college. She had drugs and alcohol issue Uh when she passed. Uh Um, So, but that oldest son said that he wanted to um, take over the estate and be the administrator of the estate. No. And so... First of all, he's too young. Right, he's 20 years old. Yeah. So, um, James Tupper, who was the most... Is the father of Atlas, mm-hmm. who she had been not in a relationship with for, the, I think, the past two years. I think she really was spiraling out of control with drugs mm-hmm. and alcohol. And he said um, that basically in 2011, she said in an email, in case I die tomorrow, I would like him to take over my estate and, you know, make sure the the money goes to my two sons mm-hmm. kind of thing. So they're saying that... Um, Who's there? They. they, the oldest son, really wants to take over the estate. Well, And Homer um, is 20 years of age, unemployed, was estranged from Anne at the time of her death. Yeah, red flag, red flag, mm-hmm. red flag. And... He is just, he filed right away with a lawyer to try to get control of the estate. James Tupper goes on to claim that Homer changed the locks since Anne passed on her apartment, where Atlas resided with his mother and refused entry for his his brother. Oh, dear. He says Homer has not responded to Atlas, his younger brother's request for his clothing and computer. He also questions Homer listing Haysha's resident as vacant 
saying it was concerning because the actress's home was full of furnishings, jewelry, valuables, files, records, and the removing of anything is no way authorized by the court of law. So these two, it's really upsetting because Atlas' older brother has not been available. They were supposed to go to grief counseling. Homer doesn't show up. They were supposed to do this. He doesn't mm-hmm. show up. And he's tried to contact his older brother, older brother and grieve with him. They lost their mom. Yeah. So this is all up in the air right now. And oh, there's going to be a nice legal fight. Oh, I know. But there's red flags for, for the 20-year-old. Yes. If he was estranged from his mom. Yep. And drugs and alcohol and then wanting to, you know, the the responsibility of all of that and doing all, blocking his brother, Mm -hmm. his younger brother. No, this is, none of this is good. Homer has not seen his brother or had contact with him since the day of his brother's. The funeral? Funeral. And and James Tupper goes, the father of Atlas, goes on to say he will not act Mm -hmm. in the best interest of Atlas. He will act in the best interest of himself. Yeah, well, I would think that a court would uh, be more apt to side with Tupper as the, the... you know, yeah. 20, he's can't even, you know, go to a bar. No. So, I mean, that's that so yeah. wild when you think of that. Well, I'm telling you, families are really something else because um, it, it, Selma Blair is having a very busy 2022. 20, She's going to be on Dancing with the Stars, which kicks off next Monday night on Disney Plus. She recently released her memoir called Mean Baby, a memoir of growing up. And she stopped by Drew Barrymore's show for a backstage chat about her memoir. And there's been a lot of stuff. Um, but I'm telling you, just this little small part of Selma's memoir, she needs to call Ryan Murphy because Selma Bear Blair played Chris Jenner in American Crime Story, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Right? Because this story is wild. Okay, tell me. Selma Blair said that, um, that he, this is just so absolutely crazy so um it started this all started when one day she called her dad up and let him know she got a small role in a movie okay she said her dad was curious and she gave him the whole lowdown on the movie and the next thing she knew is that there were fedex letters going to the the movie directors claiming that she was a heroin addict and um her dad wrote these to the movie people well, let's okay. wait for the story. She okay. said it was a real poison pen letter and it was claiming to be from an agent. And they got like 11 in one day, 16 in another. And the filmmakers didn't believe the claims. They were worried about Selma being a liability. And bam, she was fired from the job. She had no clue who was behind it. She guessed it was someone who hated her from high school. But she was confused about how the person would know the details about her jobs. About a year later, a private detective informed Selma that someone had been sending many, many poison pen letters to Drew Barrymore under her name, Selma Blair. In her memoir, Selma says one of the letters sent to Universal described her as a violent and dangerous person who held a grudge against Drew. And Selma said she was so afraid she didn't know what was going on. And then, long story short, she found out it was a girlfriend of her father's. And he was giving this information to her in these conversations. And then when he found out it was the girlfriend, which the detective proved, he chose her and didn't believe me. And he said, she's not doing this. You ruined her life. You put a Mickey in her drink at Starbucks. And I mean, I mean, I was like, I've been in New York. I've never even met this woman. 
So she had to cut her father out of his life or her life. He died in 2012. They never made it right. He did at the end admit he made the wrong choice. And Drew, when they're having this chat, she's just like blown away. She said, I never heard about these letters. So she never even got them. She didn't know anything about them. And she, so Selma is greatly relieved because she's carrying all on this, this weight. Oh, how horrible. And, um, and Drew had Selma on to talk to her about her documentary MS, um, introducing Selma Blair, and then found out in reading Selma's memoir about these poison pen letters. And she just said, I wanted to clear there. So they never even really talked about the documentary. Um, and she said, I've liked you for, for so long. And then Drew asked Selma, why did your father's girlfriend first, they tried to wreck your career and then, you know, come after me blaming you. And she said, um, you were my dad's girlfriend. The way I understand it, you were her favorite actress. And we were sometimes competing for the same roles. Sure, they're the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And anyway, just that is, that's a wild story. I mean, can you believe that? Now no. this makes me want to read Mean Baby, a memoir of growing up. Totally wants Selma me Blair. to read it. Totally. And please call Ryan Murphy. You might, you know, that's a wild story. And then that other gal, I can't remember her name, but this is, I think, when you were in Europe. But Grant, do you remember the other gal that said her mom? No, the, she was on Red Couch with, um, you know, Debbie something who said her mom just was. We, we got to go. You know what I'm talking about, though? I, I really cannot string together these clues into an answer. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I don't have enough it. clues, Red she, Couch. I feel like she was on Full House. Yeah. All right. All right, listen. Uh, no, I know who you're talking about, uh, the, the Nickelodeon girl. Yeah. The, yeah, the girl. Well, we can't think of her name. And thank you for, you know, derailing us totally, <laughs> Julia. No, really but I mean, all these it. mean parents. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's I, the iCarly girl. Yeah. The iCarly, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yes, the girl from iCarly. The Carly. mean parents. Like, holy cow. McCurdy is who you're thinking about. She's the one who's had the recent book out. Yeah, so. about her mom. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, stage parents. I mean, you know, that's the tale as old as time. Brittany, watch out. Um, Poor listen. little go go. <laughs> um, <laughs> we come back. We do have some other TV news that we got to get to. Like, who turned down this Real Housewife job? Thanks for hanging out with us. So, one of the things that just wrapped up or is wrapping up is New York Fashion Week and. I don't know really what's happening with London Fashion Week. It was supposed to start next week, and I'm they've, thinking it's not. It's been delayed. They've delayed yeah. a lot of things that were supposed to happen because of the Queen's passing. Yes, yes. So, but when I heard this news, because all week, you know, I have to say, I do when they say, you know, see Julia Fox's this outfit, the dripping wet. I I do click because I do. So does yep. Grant. I'm interested so in seeing her outfits Grant because it's like Donnie and you. Remember when she went grocery shopping in her underwear? Yes. And she's or she uh, she wore the world's lowest rise leather pants. Yeah. Yes. It yes. basically just started right above the valley. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm curious. I get I. That is very fearless fashion because even though I know uh, we got to know her name from dating, yeah, Kanye, Kanye or whatever, but I have been clicking on her and she was fantastic in Uncut Gems. And I know she's got like a one and a half year old, but I wonder when she's going to act again. Well, one of the things that she got asked and said no to, and this is in the same interview um, with ES Magazine, when she told ES Magazine that she was proud of herself for leaving. Kanye after two months of dating because there were just 
the red flag was he yeah. expected her to drop whatever she was doing, whenever she was doing it, to join him wherever he wanted. And he could not understand why she couldn't do that. Right. Because she is a kid. Right. And she was like, that was the red flag. And he was obsessed with Kim, was the other red flag. The other thing she told ES Magazine, and I'm proud of her too, because a lot of people would keep going out with somebody with that much money and fame just to keep it going. Absolutely. But she's already gotten out of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is good to pay attention to these big red flags. I mean, you're not going to change anybody. Yeah. So she tells ES Magazine that um, she got approached by Bravo to join the Real Housewives of New York. Oh. Now, remember, there's two... The last season of New York Housewives was so bad that we did not get a reunion. That's right. Okay? There wasn't a cast reunion, so they're trying to resuscitate this. And what I... She would have been a great one. That would have been a home run. A home run. Mm -hmm. And what they're going to do is apparently the original show will be renamed Roni Legacy, airing on Bravo... And the 20-something-year-olds that are going to be called Roni will be on Peacock. Okay, so they flip that. Oh, yeah. So they they, flip that because they realize people want... I'm going to tell you why. They watch The Real Girlfriends of Paris, and the six 20-something-year-olds in Paris, the show is such a snooze. I love you, Lori. Listen to her, Grant. I mean, I love it. I love it. Because they just cast the wrong women. Right. I am sure that there are great women, but I bet there's not one French woman on the show. So, voila. I mean, one of the things that makes Emily in Paris great is the dichotomy between Emily and, and her the fantastic boss, boss, the French, the French woman, there you yes. know, She's from a, Call My yes. Agent, you know, fantastic. So I don't want to see six girl, you know. Anyway, so they have, I think, ta- I don't know if they've taped any. The only one we know that's joining the new Roni that's going to air on Peacock. So is it really the new Roni? I mean, it seems like Bravo is shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. Because basically, when you call a show Roni Legacy, it just means, oh, these are all the over 50s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so, uh, who knows? But anyway, they flip-flopped it. So the she's... only one we know is this Texas influence, influencer named Lizzie Stavetsky. She's the only new cast member. We don't even know who Legacy is. We don't know if Leah McSweeney is in, if Ramona's out. Nothing. And they would normally... Be have been filming right now. Mm-hmm. So Julia said um, no to Bravo, and the reason why she said no is she said um, she felt they were only calling her because she was dating Kanye. Well, and they true. wanted cameras following her right away, and she said, uh, "Maybe, in, maybe in the future, I would only do it if I could be on there with some other friends." Well, she is friends with Leah McSweeney; they know each other from like I don't know. I think they said AA. They mm. both have said that out loud about oh, each other. Julia Fox, yeah, and oh. I don't know if Leah McSweeney is coming back. And yeah. so, I mean, it's too bad that Bravo is splitting this up. Doesn't it seem confusing? Well, I bet that they, um, like, why didn't they just redo the Real Housewife of New York cast and call it a day? Call it a day. Now you got all this confusion going on. 
You know, because McSweeney would have to be on legacy unless they moved her to the... Do you know what I'm saying? And all these egos and all this. Now all they're doing is paying more housewives, but I bet the ones that'll be on Peacock, the 20-something-year-old influencers, they're going to get paid nothing. Oh, no, it's all about followers. Yeah. yeah. It'll all be all about followers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but I thought it was interesting. I like Julia Fox. I want someone to do more interviews with her. I find her to be exceedingly dishy. I do, too. I like it. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and, and she, the, the red flag, she said, uh, he all the stuff that he kept posting, too, oh. drove her nuts. And... <laughs> he told ES Magazine. Yeah, I can imagine. What is ES Magazine? I don't know. Esquire, maybe? No, who the knows? Slang? It's some obscure, new, okay. brand new, yes, uh, yes. up-and-coming fashion. Who knows? But she told ES Magazine that she's a real-ass bitch in a sea full of bleeping phonies. And I thought, if that isn't a Bravo uh, housewife right, right there, yeah. 100%. I mean, so wow. she at least got 100%. that. Even though she didn't say that, but I thought, well, you've been practicing. But she is. Anyway. But she's not ready right now, so. And, you know. She will be. She, you know she's just setting herself up. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She's going to have to get. I wonder how she takes off that eye makeup. Yeah, she, she paints on. Yeah, okay. there's quite a bit. Yeah, okay, I mean, because seriously. Are there OxyClean clean makeup pads <laughs> that you can use? It whitens it your whites. Like it takes off your eyes. It is a lot of makeup. I know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the Black Swan ballet makeup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much. Ooh. Anyway, keep talking, Julia Fox. And, yeah. you know, maybe she will be a housewife, and maybe that is her tagline, and I've just seen into the future. Lori, thank you for doing that for us. <laughs> Lori Damas over there. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.